0: I was doing, and uh, we've had just a great week, uh, really busy uh, past uh, several weeks as you could well imagine, and I'm really excited about our open house uh, this evening uh, at the Red Eye Midtown. Uh, It should be a lot of fun, and I'm actually really looking forward to uh, the times that we just pause and, and pray corporately just about what we believe God has called us to do, bringing awareness to these uh, uh, minist- or ministries or humanitarian efforts around the world, Unseen Stories, uh, Porch to Solomon, and, and uh, serving Tallahassee so we can be the tangible hand of Christ and and hopefully be uh, raising significant amount of monetary resources uh, over the next several years as well. So uh, hopefully you're planning on joining us uh, for part of uh, the open house this evening. That'll be really, really cool. Uh, So we are in a series. This is the third week of the series and it's called Revolution where we're really uh, talking about a paradigm shift, a paradigm shift of how we look at things. Um, And we're really focusing on the church and and the purpose of the church now, why is the church still here, essentially? Why is the body of Christ still here? And, uh, you know, it's it's not something um, that you check off a list once a week uh, that you make sure that you, you do. It's not something where you go. It's something that we are, and we're re-looking at, at Scripture and rethinking and hopefully shifting our paradigm of what that really means. And in our paradigm shift, uh, uh, we look at revolution and actually see the word love in it, that we want to have a revolution of, of uh, being self-serving to being loving and sacrificing for those who are less fortunate, that, that these hands we've talked about in the uh, past couple of weeks making a decision, looking at our hands and trying to decide whose hands are these? Are these our hands uh, built and given to serve ourselves or are they actually Christ's hands? And are we really going to be the tangible hand of Christ to a lost and, and hurting world? And uh, last last week, we were talking about the least of these and looking at Matthew 25, uh, and we started that passage, and uh, I only got halfway through my talk last week. Uh, we only got to the sheep, and we never got to the goats. So we're going to talk about the goats uh, today. But before we jump into that, I was looking through Scripture and just... Um, it, a lot of I, I've had conversation people talking about how this tangible hand of Christ uh, is is a New Testament thing and maybe not necessarily a a God thing uh, and and that's not true at all that 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 serving the less fortunate serving uh, those who are under resourced or 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 poor uh, in spirit, or poor, poor monetarily, or economically, or, or whatever, is, is part of the story of God. And um, I just have a few scriptures that I just wanted to walk through with you. Uh, mo- four of them are from Proverbs, and Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And I just wanted to read these and just let them sink in a little bit. Proverbs 28, 27. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. Basically, God is saying, look, you are the conduit of my love and grace. And the reason that you are here is to be my agent here on earth. And if you give... If you love, you won't lack anything. You won't lack what you need. But if you, but you choose to, to not be a reservoir or a conduit of my grace, but be, be a dam of it, that, that you will be cursed. And, and, and God's just saying, look, this is really simple. You, know, you have a choice. You can be who I designed you to be or, and, and I will be with you and protect you, or you can go it alone. Proverbs 29, 7, I just want an order here uh, as they were presented in Scripture. The godly care about the rights of the poor. The wicked don't care at all. That godly people, those who are truly, fully devoted followers of Christ, those who love God, they care about those who have no voice. They care about the least of these as we were talking about last week. On the, on the flip side of that, it's the wicked who do not care. Proverbs 31, verse 9, and this is talking actually about a, uh, um, the next two are about uh, a, a godly wife. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless. And see that they get justice. That we are meant to be the voice for those who are voiceless. And then the next, uh, and then Proverbs 31 20, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. This is saying a godly woman, and I would believe that you can easily. Jump this to a godly man as well. Just the context of the proverb here is a woman. She extends a helping hand, being the tangible hand of Christ, to the poor. It opens her arms to the needy. And the, like the visualization, when you open your, your arms, you're defenseless. There's, there's, there's fear there. You know, if you open up your arms, somebody can attack you. You're opening up your, your core. and And... Uh, sometimes you'll get a hug and sometimes you'll get a slap in the face. But that, that's God's determination that, that He has called us to open up our arms. That that's what a godly person does. If you flip over into Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, Isaiah says this, Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. When I read that scripture, I, I instantly think of uh, Unseen Stories and Porch to Solomon. Just uh, children being sold into slavery um, or, or uh, women and children being oppressed in, in, in Pana. And we need to learn to do good. And I love the learn to do good because, you know, as we, we go along and, and we go on this journey, we don't we don't know exactly what the right thing is all the time. We don't know what the good thing to do is. That that culturally, a lot of times things don't make sense to us, and, we, and and it's gonna be a learning process. You know, do we do we do this or that? And we just we're gonna have to learn along the way and we're gonna trip and we're gonna stumble along this path, but but God is hopefully going to be opening up our arms and so and our minds and our hearts to understanding what are the actual things, what works and what doesn't work. And it's just like, seek justice. Seeking justice for those who, who can't seek it for themselves. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans and the rights of widows. And the last one I just wanted to give, and these are just all kind of freestanding think pieces that I was meditating on this week. Isaiah 58.10. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. And I was just kind of thinking about uh, Serve Tallahassee. And and one aspect of that is coming... In doing the mobile food ministry. Uh, But another aspect is helping uh, people, uh, you know, fixing up their neighborhood and their homes and things like that, and the vocational training and and all that kind of great stuff that, that we're partnering with people. But I love the, if you do this, then this will happen. If we feed the hungry and help those in trouble, then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. And and I've had a lot of conversations with people. And, and you know we're we're pretty clear on the what. You know what are we doing? We we the what is we want to see tri- child trafficking end in Benin. We want to make sure that that women and children have a safe place to to. Uh, to mature and grow and build their families and pursue God and in, in Pana that that we we'll want to help people break the cycle of poverty here in Tallahassee. That's the what. But the real question is why, and I think that this scripture Isaiah fifty eight ten kind of leads us to the why. If we do these things, then. And I'll change the wording, our light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. And that's what God is calling us to do. It has been so exciting. I've spent a lot of time at Red Eye Midtown um, past couple of weeks, and just hearing the conversations, people saying like, wow, you know, the church is doing these things that that you know followers of Christ are are doing these things and they ask why and the reason is that God cares about the least of these and and God cares about those who are oppressed and needy and it's so neat just to see the 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 flickering of this light starting to emerge in this in this in, in a really dark world and it's already so excited to see this because I wholeheartedly believe that, that the day of the Big Tent revival is over. And you know what? I say thank God for that. <laughs> I just, you know what? Nobody cares what somebody says anymore. We've all been burned by governments, by, by pastors, by churches, by organizations. And we, we look at that and, and, and we've heard a lot of words. And I think people just don't want to hear words anymore. They want to see what you do. And it's high time that we start doing and I understand that this is something that doesn't happen overnight. That, that that some of us are are not there yet, and this is going to be a process. That we're all going to go on this journey together to see what does this really mean. What does this really look like? And that's last week we were we were talking about. Look, what's the what's the difference here? And God and Jesus was talking about between the the. The sheep and the and the goats, and we spent quite a bit of time really trying to pull out the DNA of a sheep and a goat and things like that and we we talked about what a sheep does. sheep do certain things, you know, talking about going out and and loving and 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 following christ and and going through and doing the things that God had called us to do and this week we're going to talk about. The other side, the goats, the goats on the right hand side after, you know, this scripture is specifically talking about final judgment, (laughs) but I believe the principles show that God does care about these things. So if you remember, just quick recap, uh, the sheep and the goat people were coming in front of the king and the king separated them and, and said, look. You helped me, you fed me, you loved me. Every time you did something for the least of these, you were actually doing for me. Now, this week, we're talking about the other side. Verse 41. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. It's kind of interesting to me, Just, to, it's not what we're talking about, but just a quick pause. You know that separation from God, hell, if you just want to give it a word, it's essentially is complete separation from God, a, a complete severed relationship with Him, it was never intended for people. Never. It was built for, for the devil and his demons. And then, For some reason, some of us choose that for for ourselves. Verse 42, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me. These are the goats. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Verse 44, then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I assure you, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me and they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous will go into eternal life. See, it really comes down to everything that we've been talking about, how how Christ boiled down the two most important commandments out of the 613 laws of Moses was to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And equal to that was to love others as yourself. To God, it matters just as much how you treat His creation as you treat the Creator. These are the 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 fabric of who we are, and I was thinking about just kind of the DNA of 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 a, of a follower of Christ and. And I came up with an illustration many years ago, and I've, I've alluded to it uh, several times. And I, I thought about how, you know, how can I, can, how can I bring a different uh, illustration? In, and I just, I really like it. I've actually uh, been able to talk about this illustration in in English and uh, in Spanish down in Pana through a translator, because yeah, nobody would really understand me otherwise down there but uh just seeing how how it uh how it translated and and uh really this illustration for me is a is is a a non serving Christian is like a non swimming fish that that uh boo bear my son has has a fish uh it's uh one of those like Beta fish yeah thanks, yeah, beta fish, totally worthless thing, and you know we've been I've been trying to kill it for years, but it just keeps on trucking along i mean it's an amazing animal and uh are fish animals, yeah, okay, amazing animal, i don't know yeah, I guess so uh and when you walk in i know I know when his 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 fish his name's dragon, I think this week uh, uh that that you know when Dragon is is healthy, he's swimming around and and he's doing his thing, and 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 it's just you readily know that hey, this is a healthy, vibrant fish, and it's doing its thing that God intended it to do. And someday, maybe soon, Dragon will be doing the backstroke that uh, that maybe and don't feel ill of me, I just, uh, I just, I take care of the fish, he doesn't, so, and, uh, and if you, if I walked in there someday and, and he was just laying on the bottom or, or floating on the top, um, I guess how long he's been sitting there and being neglected uh, would determine which one, you know when you look at that fish go, aha, something is not right. And how do you know that? You know that because healthy fish swim and unhealthy fish or dead fish float or sink and they do not swim. And the truth is it's the same thing with followers of Christ. That I believe the greatest indication of a follower of Christ is if they are swimming or if they are floating. That, that it's just it's a sign of health and like a sheep, you look and you see that sheep do certain things and goats do certain things. Healthy fish do certain things and dead fish do certain things. Fully devoted followers of Christ do certain things. And ones who are just existing or hanging around, they don't do anything, and it's a it's a it's a sign of brokenness. It's a it's a it's a sign of sickness. And as I I think about that, and just think about about what God has called us to do: love God, love people, love God, love people. That really the whole gospel of what Jesus talked about and why he came boils down to really these two things. I heard an interesting thing the other day, in fact, I read it, uh, that do you know that Jesus spent more time attending to people's physical needs than he did teaching them um, and, and those other things. That You think about every opening for or just about every opening for him to do a teaching point was either a healing or helping or or some sort of earthly type thing that loving people and taking care of where they are right then That, that Christ in his earthly ministry modeled this for us and I, uh, I had the privilege of uh, uh, pre-reading and, and having discussion with um, Leonard Sweet, who's, a, who's an author, and he, uh, he gave me a copy of his, yet, uh, his book, So Beautiful. It's going to be in stores in March, and I got to read it and uh, dialogue with him about it. And there was one part in the book that I wanted to share with you that, that was really, really interesting to me. In his book, So Beautiful, this is what he he said. He said, he was talking about the cross. He says, the first arm of the cross is the vertical. Our relationship with God. The second arm of the cross is the horizontal. Our relationship with others, ourselves, and creation. You see, when you look at the cross, and I never really thought about it that way, but it really is a visual representation of loving God and loving people. And unfortunately, I believe the American church has come and dismantled the cross and many times have taken the horizontal out and just left the vertical. And when we effectively do that, we end up with not the symbol of our salvation, but we end up with a post. A post that many times have been, has been used as a stick. A stick to, to beat people over the head with, to, to say, look, you're not measuring up to this vertical relationship. Well, I have news for you. None of us can measure up to this vertical relationship that we have all fallen short. There's not enough that we can do to ever get to heaven. It's the whole reason that Christ came. We are the horizontal. The whole reason that we know God is because God revealed Himself to us. That somebody took time to love us and to help us and allow us to see God through them. We're going on this this journey, and it just, and I know it's going to take time, but I, I just, I think at the fundamental core of us, we need to realize what we are doing and why we are doing it. We are doing, we are loving people. We are doing what God has called us to do. But the why is to bring glory to God in everything we do. And if we don't understand and encapsulate and embrace the gospel as a whole, then we. Dismantle everything that Christ did. We leave it in the eyes of others as just a stick pointing into the air. Let's pray. Dear God, As we embark on this journey, as we try to learn to do good, as we try to learn to love others, it's so against our nature. God, I just pray that we can look at our hands and not see our hands, but see your hands, that we will stop going to church and start being the church. God, I don't pretend that I have all the answers. God, we don't pretend that we have all the answers. We believe that this is the path that you have called us down. And God, we just open up our hearts and our minds that you will chisel and break away those things that are not of you. That we will love as big as you love. That we will feel as deeply as you feel. That we will see the things that you see. That we can be a bright beacon in a dark, dark place. And that eventually that this passion will spread and the darkness will be as bright as <laughs> love you, <Mark>. wow. Lord Jesus. <laughs>